Hey, it's Pat. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. In case you're not familiar with me, I've been helping people retire for over 20 years now, author of the book Save Your Retirement, and host of the Save Your Retirement radio show. Our goal with this show is to provide you with valuable and timely information to help you plan your retirement, or if you're already retired, help you make the most of it. Ultimately, we want to help you use your money to accomplish your goals and dreams and to help you avoid any stress and fear with your finances and instead replace those with confidence and peace of mind. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe so you won't miss future episodes. Also, if you'd like to give us a great rating, it would mean so much to us and it helps get the word out so we can share this valuable information with others. Thank you so much. And now here's this week's episode. This radio show is a paid placement. How much does age really matter? Well, Phil Mickelson proved at the 2021 PGA Championship that what matters even more than your age is what you believe you can do at any age. And the fact is, more of us are living longer, leading more active lives in retirement, so we need to get serious about planning for longevity. Before we jump in today, 803-9-RETIRE is how you can reach Pat Struby about your retirement income analysis to help you figure out if you're at risk of running out of money in retirement. Great show lined up today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak here alongside Pat. And uh, yeah, Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship at age 50 Kind of a big deal, Pat. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> it's so cool. And uh, Gabby and Isla are six and four right uh-huh. now. So my time watching golf on the weekends is a little less than it was, you know, before having little kids. But I still try to, you know, record the important championships and everything and, and watch. And uh, occasionally I can even get Gabby to just kind of cuddle me and watch, you know, yeah. the golf. And uh, so it's I love golf. And uh, it was just uh, just so exciting to see Phil win. It really was. And, and just showing that age is just a number, right? When he won the 2021 PGA Championship at age 50, which was, I think, 30 years after he won his first one, made, making him the oldest majors champion. And at the news conference right after it, he told media outlets that there's really no reason why he couldn't achieve such an accomplishment at this point in life. So take a listen to what he had to say. My desire to play is the same. Like, I, I've never been driven by exterior things. I've always been, you know, intrinsically motivated because I love to compete. I love playing the game. I love having opportunities to um, play against the best at the highest level. And so that's what's, what drives me. And I think that that's what has um, the belief that I could still do it uh, inspired me to work harder. And, and um, I just didn't see why it couldn't be done. It just took a little bit more effort. So clearly a sense of purpose there that Phil Mickelson has through playing golf and staying competitive. And I love how he talked about his desire to play hasn't changed. I mean, even though his age has changed, mm-hmm. the desire to play is still there. And and that's true for all of us, no matter what we're doing. How important is it, Pat, for your clients to have a sense of purpose like that? Yeah, this is, a, I think, an important question, Jen, because uh, so much of our concentration about retirement is on finances, right? How are we going to afford the things that we want to do? And I think when most of us start thinking about retirement, we're thinking about like just a a never ending vacation, right? (laughs) We're thinking about going to the beach and playing golf or fishing or gardening or whatever is relaxing to somebody. But of course, most people aren't going to spend 16 hours a day vacationing for the rest of their right. lives. You, you have to have like a real life there. And so it is interesting that you you really need to have that financial end taken care of. And of course, that's what we we do. But we, we do know that you said it exactly right. We have to have purpose. Um, and so kind of the idea is giving you the finances to know that you can sleep well at night, but we need the purpose to get you out of bed in the morning. And right. I think those, those two things go hand in hand. And We've studied these things. You know, there are certain things that most people get purpose out of. And it could be for some people, they do still like to do some kind of work in retirement. For others, it's family, uh, maybe uh, kids, grandkids, um, you know, people that you haven't had the opportunity to spend time with. Um, there are, you know, hobbies. Um, there's uh, volunteering, uh, church charities, um, things like that. There's kind of reinvigorating things such as like your health. 
and also taking classes and kind of stimulating your mind. So there's all these different things. And of course, we're all different. That's what makes life fun and that makes what makes retirement fun. But getting all of that together and then having the finances to support mm -hmm. the purpose that you have, that's the ultimate dream that we hope we can help our clients reach. Right. And I really have gotten a kick out of you look at those before and after pictures of Phil Mickelson back in the 90s when he was first <laughs> getting into this versus what he looks like now. I mean, he, he made some serious changes in his lifestyle to get back to peak performance again at, at age 50. And here's the cool thing. Uh, I have another clip here from that post-win press conference. He says the same is true for all of us. The point is that there's no reason why I or anybody else can't do it at a later age. It just takes a little bit more work. Right. It just just takes a little bit more work. He stepped up his practice regimen. He made some changes to his lifestyle and eating habits. He was incorporating things like intermittent fasting so he could get in better shape to stay competitive. And I know most of us probably aren't going to, to some of those extremes. We're not doing as much conditioning as he was doing. But we've seen this before. People, I, and I would argue, Pat, me in my 40s now, I am definitely in better shape than I was in my 20s because I'm mm. getting more serious about it. How yeah. important is taking care of our physical health when it comes to retirement? And how much are you seeing that with people who they are doing a better job with this <laughs> later on? Yeah, there's no doubt about that, Jen. I, I think physical health uh, for retirement is a, is a critical thing to be thinking about. I know I shared with you on the show, you know, the uh, weightlifting competition that I did mm -hmm. a, few, a couple of years back. And, you know, I it was actually when I turned 40 and I had a checkup and it didn't go as well as I thought it was going to. <laughs> that, that was kind of my wake up call. Yep. And now here I am at 47. And uh, it's kind of a hobby of mine to learn about, you know, working out and nutrition and things like that. And I think there's so much better information out there now. So we do see a lot of people focus on that more. And to me, there's two things that are important about that. One is, you know, the, the, we all know the horror story of someone working their tail off for 40 years, retiring and then passing away and mm -hmm. not getting to enjoy any retirement, yeah. right? And then, of course, we also all know uh, that the last thing we want to do is retire and then just have health issues the rest of our life and not be able to, I mean, if you, if your dream is to travel and then you can't even, you know, conveniently get on an airplane, um, I mean, these are massive, you know, factors to actually enjoying your retirement. Um, and so these are things where we know that we can be in good health for a lot longer than maybe we thought we could uh, if we think back to a generation or two ago. And that's that should be really exciting because what we really want, Jen, ultimately is we want people to love their retirement, have peace of mind, not be worrying about their finances, but actually be focusing on the things that they're passionate about. And as we talked about a few moments ago, that they have purpose for. And that's what this is all about. So, you know, your finances are just one part of that. But if you're worrying about your money, worrying about your income, or if you're going to run out of it, it's going to affect everything else. So if you have those kinds of worries about your retirement, if you're not sure, give us a call now at 803-9-RETIRE. Uh, we have uh, the opportunity to talk with one of our retirement planners at absolutely no cost and no obligation. If you just want to ask a couple questions or get to know us a little bit, we can do a 15-minute phone call or we can do a full one-hour meeting, whatever your preference to get started, all you have to do is call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is with Preservation Specialists. I am Jen Rizak alongside. And, you know, as we talk a little bit about the money side, a lot of people might think if they stay healthy, their health care costs can be lower in retirement. If Fidelity now saying the average 65-year-old couple, though, can expect to pay $300,000 to cover health care costs in retirement. And again, that's not saying someone who's sick. That's saying mm -hmm. the average couple. So that might not be true if we're making assumptions that we're healthy so our health care costs will be lower. How do you approach tackling this issue of covering those health care costs? Yeah, it is shocking, Jim, when you think about it. But then when you start doing the math and you think, well, if, if we are of average health and it's a 65-year-old couple – experts expect one or both of you to live past 90, likely. So that's a long time to cover, right? And of mm -hmm. course, healthcare yeah. is expensive. So even if you have reasonably good health, there's just going to be costs there. We all know that there's costs at any age for healthcare. So we always break it down to just, you know, we need to be thinking about three things. First of all, you know, making sure you know when to file and claim Medicare. Second of all, will you need private insurance, whether that's health insurance before Medicare or a supplement to Medicare? And then the third is, generally speaking, those are going to cover very little of any possible nursing care costs. So we just need to be aware that those are 
things that are out there and we just need to have a plan for it. And that's our goal is making sure you know what the plan is. So you're not worried about it. You're not, you're not stressing over it. And then that way, if something happens, we're prepared. And that's really the bottom mm-hmm. line when it comes to healthcare costs in retirement. Right. And again, it can add up because of time, even if you're relatively healthy, because of how long you might be retired, that's the big factor that pushes up a lot of these other risks. How do you help people get serious about planning for longevity in retirement, especially, Pat, when we're talking about people who are healthy, who are active, who could live a very long time? How do you help them get serious about planning for the money side of that longevity? Yeah, when it comes to longevity and retirement, um, it is something that is on most people's minds. Um, you know, the number one fear is will my money last? You know, when we think about, and everyone has the, you know, I think you can tell when it makes people worried is when they start making jokes about it. You know, when they say, I don't want to eat mm-hmm. cat food or I don't want to mm-hmm. be the Walmart right. greeter, you know, when I'm later in life. And that this is the reason in my book, Save Your Retirement, the first villain is lady longevity because it's it's the first risk that everyone has to address. So this is absolutely something we have to be aware of. And the other thing is sometimes someone will tell me the opposite and they'll say, oh, you know, all the men in my family, you know, no one makes it past 70. Well, of course, no one knows, right? And that's the thing is we have a, we have a fixed amount of resources resources that you have, but we have an unknown time frame, And that's why this type of planning, we just believe there's tremendous value there. And we need to make sure that you're prepared for the most costly thing out there so that you don't have to worry about it and you can enjoy it. Right. And you're right to worry about possibly running out of money. When it comes to retirement, you want to make sure you only retire once. And here's why. When older workers have to leave their longtime jobs and try to find work again, AARP stats say that 90% of them never earn as much again. So you need to make sure you've saved enough and you need to figure out if you're at risk of running out of money in retirement. Yes. And running out of money is still the biggest fear for most of the people that we work with. People get caught up in how much they've saved. But what you really need to think about is how much you'll spend in retirement. What could it take for you to live your ideal lifestyle for the next 30 years? If you're listening to me right now, you don't have an income strategy, I invite you to call us so we can help you create a budget to figure out how much you'll need for retirement, uncover the main risks posing a threat to your retirement, learn about the options for generating income in retirement, and learn about how to keep your current standard of living in retirement, even as costs are rising. To get started, we offer a five-step retirement review at no cost and no obligation. All you have to do to get started is call 803-9-RETIRE. If you've saved at least $250,000 for retirement, that number again is 803-9-RETIRE. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and you and I are probably different, right? I mean, if you listen to my show, I'm pretty sure we share some of the same values, but at the end of the day, we're all unique. Does your financial advisor know that? Do you have a customized retirement plan built with your hopes and your dreams in mind, or is it just a cookie cutter, you know, one right off the shelf? Pat Struby and his team at Preservation Specialist have been designing personalized retirement plans for more than 20 years, and they want to do the same for you. Pat is local, independent. He's an advisor. Whose sole focus is helping you achieve your retirement dreams. Call Pat Struby and his team at Preservation Specialists. Start creating a retirement plan made just for you. Call 803-9-RETIRE. That's 803-9-RETIRE. You want the insert your name here plan or the one that's built around your unique wants and needs. Easy choice. Call 803-9-RETIRE. From Office Insurance Services, Glenn Beck has been remunerated and is not a client. Investment advisory services offered through Kalos Capital Inc. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. You can schedule a free 15-minute phone consultation with the team at Preservation Specialists right now. Call 803-973-8473. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak, happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists, and he is the author of the books Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. And Pat, you don't know what you don't know. We've said it before here on the show, and unfortunately, most of us don't know enough about Social Security. Let me share some figures with you. A third of pre-retirees failed a basic Social Security quiz. This was from Mass Mutual. 
Almost 20% got a D on the quiz, meaning more than half of Americans age 55 to 65 do not understand the basics of Social Security and its rules. So we have a problem that that we're going to try to uh, help address here today. Of course, I have to point out, Pat, because I have to, you guys are not affiliated with or endorsed by the government, any governmental agency. You're not part of the Social Security Administration, but you know a lot about it. So you're here to help (laughs) us with this. So um, let's start with how important Social Security could be to your overall income in retirement. Do you still describe this as the cornerstone to your retirement income? Well, I think generally speaking, it has to be considered that, Jen. You know, I I always go back to, you know, there's a lot of things that have changed in finance over the years, and there's things maybe heard in the past that aren't true anymore. But one of the old ones I still like is the three-legged stool of retirement income. And when you are figuring out how you're going to have income in retirement to live off of, For most people, it's going to fall down to one of three choices. It's going to be Social Security, it's going to be a pension, or it's going to be your nest egg. Mm -hmm. And the reason I still think that's relevant is it helps you think about, well, what are my options? Because a lot of people don't have pension options anymore. So that means that that stool is not as sturdy, is it? (laughs) So Mm -hmm, we only only have two legs on the stool. Well, uh, we certainly hope that Social Security is going to be around for a while, or otherwise you've got one leg on your stool, and it's basically just living off your life savings. So the reason that it needs to be a cornerstone for most people is so many people have either just a very small portion of their retirement income covered by a pension or none at all. And so when you're living off your nest egg, that is you know not guaranteed. That, that is just kind of a, an open-ended depending on your investments and how you, how you handle that money, which means for most people, Social Security needs to be the cornerstone because it's that baseline of income that you can count on coming in every single month. And that's right. something that's, that's critical for us when you're trying to create a, a retirement income plan. So talk about some of the biggest misconceptions people have about Social Security. What do you tend to run into there? Well, I'm glad you asked some, Jen, because if it was one, if you asked for one, I would have said um, I actually I'm going to completely cheat and go to two far extremes. Okay, so I believe that the two biggest misconceptions, and this is very always very interesting to me to hear uh, anyone's feedback. One is people that have been reading, and I know you and I joke about this sometimes, Jen. You know the millions of websites that are going to tell you exactly when you should claim your social <laughs> right, security, right. right? And if they've been reading and they've been watching TV or listening to people make generalities about Social Security, they believe you have to delay your Social Security until you're 70 because we might live a long time and that's the only smart decision to make. The other extreme misconception is people that think Social Security is almost broke and it's going away and you better claim every penny you can as fast as you can before mm. it's gone. And I think the, it's interesting how those two are complete opposites. Uh, of course, as I always like to joke, um, where it's challenging is if those two people are married to each other, right? <laughs> right <laughs> trying to decide right. How, how to claim their Social Security. But yeah, this is a topic that, you know, there's a lot of emotion behind it, right? Because we pay a lot of taxes for Social Security benefits. And there's also that huge unknown that we none of us knows how long we're going to live. And so when you're trying to make these decisions of how to claim your Social Security, there's a lot of stress to that. There's emotion to it. There's worry. There's fear. And, you know, trying to make that decision is very difficult. And that's why we always come back to the fact that there are general rules about Social Security, but each person's individual decision uh, is highly individualized and different than anybody else's. And um, so that that's why we believe there's passionately that not only do you need to do a Social Security analysis, but you need to see how that fits into your overall retirement income analysis um, to make sure that you are doing what's best for you. And that's one of the reasons we offer our five-step retirement review to listeners at absolutely no cost and no obligation. All you have to do to get started is call 803-9-RETIRE. One of the five areas that we're reviewing is what is your income plan for retirement? Do you have a plan for income? If not, let's do a retirement income analysis and make sure you're going to be okay. To get started, once again, all you have to do is call 803-9-RETIRE. And if you are looking at your phone and just want to punch in those numbers, it's 803-973-8473. Again, that's 803-973-8473. 8473, but the easiest way to remember it is just like Pat just said it, 803-9-RETIRE. Pat, talking today about Social Security, let's talk about the potential impact of taxes on your Social Security benefits. This is an area that people don't always think about. What? There's there's taxes here? (laughs) How do you help somebody reduce their taxes that could be on those benefits? 
Yeah. So if we go all the way back in time when FDR uh, was kind of announcing Social Security and someone asked if the benefits would be taxed and he famously said the benefits would be taxed over his dead body, <laughs> which became exactly accurately true. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. He, he passed away, of course, not too long after that. And then uh, it was the early 1980s that they instituted a tax on Social Security benefits being received in retirement. And the thinking was, hey, we've got this baby boom generation coming. We got to get ready. We got to stockpile some money. So I think there was some logic to the idea. Unfortunately, uh, it's the execution of it by the politicians that's the problem, because yeah. what they did was they were taxing more, and then the the current politicians just kept spending it. So there is no stockpile of money, mm -hmm. right. uh, unfortunately. So here we are now, and, and the way those rules work is uh, once you have a certain amount of income in a year in retirement, then a certain portion of your Social Security benefits can be taxed, up to 85% of your benefits can be added to your taxable income. Um, so that's kind of where we stand right now. Uh, this is a really big deal. Uh, coming back to finally to your question, Jen, of what is the impact of taxes on your Social Security benefits? If we can help someone reduce or avoid the tax on their Social Security benefits, that typically means you're going to be in a very low tax bracket and you are in great shape as far as you know how much of your retirement income you're keeping at that point. This is a really big issue right now in our country because Social Security is not financially sound. And we have politicians spending insane amounts of money and you know putting us in this massive debt that we believe firmly that this is an even bigger concern for people that are retired now or about to retire. Because I think we all know that those politicians are looking at that money saying, hey, we can't tax all your Social Security right now. There's maybe another income source for the future. So we believe it's really important to be thinking about not only, hey, how am I going to generate income in retirement, but also how is that going to be taxed? And how are my investments going to affect that taxation? Do I have money in a 401k or an IRA that's going to be taxed when I'm taking it out? And maybe we should be planning for that right now. So, Jen, we believe this income and tax plan is one of the most critical things for people to be thinking about, either if they're early in retirement right now or maybe five to 10 years from retirement. Yeah, just definitely something that we want to be thinking about. Going back to this uh, Social Security quiz from Mass Mutual that I opened the segment with, 75% of respondents got the questions about spousal benefits wrong. I think this seems like an area we should spend a few minutes learning more about. For married couples, Pat, what do they need to know about those spousal benefits? Well, Jen, this is one of those things that I find fascinating. I've been doing this 24 years. And when I first became a financial planner, you know, no one taught me anything about how to claim Social Security. Right. You know, it was kind of like just, oh, take it whenever you want. Or, you know, there was no science. No one was analyzing anything. And then I was very fortunate to be working with people that focused on retirement very early in my career. And they kind of took me through the Social Security 101 and started to learn these things. And, it, and it's fascinating to me, 24 years later, Jen, it's still such an interesting thing because for married couples, these spousal benefits are a really, really big deal. And most people don't know that. There are so many different ways you can claim your benefits. We would be lost, even though we've done this hundreds of times, we'd be lost without our software because we just need to know. The, the rules are so complicated. There's hundreds of options for married couples to consider. Mm -hmm. um, so we need, the, we need that software to help us just kind of narrow down our options. And then what we want to do is we want to help people look at their spousal options and then how does that affect the rest of your retirement income plan because that might be totally different than what the software says that you know you might go to a, a website and it might say well you should claim your social security at 870 but then if we take that and we go into your retirement plan and we do a retirement income analysis that might show us actually that your money will last a lot better if you claim it differently and both spouses don't have to claim at the same time it's something a lot of people don't know you don't have to claim the day you retire you can claim as early as age 62 or as late as age 70. And there are so many different ways to look at that. Um, sometimes it makes sense, Jen, for both people to defer their Social Security. Sometimes they should take it earlier. A lot of times it makes sense for one person to claim earlier and the other person to defer. So it, to us, it's really um, kind of a fascinating thing that we can look at that and see, hey, if we can claim this in a smart way, maybe we can generate a lot more income for you in retirement and maybe even tie that in with less taxes that's pretty exciting. And I think if you're not sure about your income plan and tax plan and if they work together for retirement, I would urge you call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. Those are parts of our five-step retirement review that we offer at absolutely no cost and no obligation if you've saved at least $250,000 for retirement. Call now at 803-9-RETIRE. Only 4% of retirees claim Social Security at the most financially optimal time. That means 96% of us are getting it wrong. 
You'd be shocked to know just how much the average household is losing out on by claiming their benefits at the wrong time. That's coming up next on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Miss a show? Listen to Save Your Retirement online at your convenience. Go to the radio tab at scpreservation.com. Pat's new book, The Retirement Secret, is now available. It's a companion to his first book, Save Your Retirement. Order yours right now at Amazon.com. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak, happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists, and he is the author of the books Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. And he's here with me today talking about the basics of Social Security. So there was a report out, this study from United Income, that 96% of retirees are claiming their benefits at the wrong time. So 96%, Pat, is mm. just about everybody. I mean, just <laughs> using my little my little basic calculator here, I figured this out. When you don't take your benefits at the right time, you are walking away from tens of thousands of dollars over a lifetime. Pat, just how much of an impact could that have? Yeah, it's kind of a staggering statistic, isn't it? 96% of retirees do not claim Social Security at the best possible time. So this is what this looks like. It's a total amongst all those people. It's actually $3.4 trillion, uh, which mm. works out to $111,000 per household. That um, they're walking away from. That they're walking away wow. from. And obviously, there's very few people that are just highly confident about their retirement income and finances, right? Most people have mm -hmm. some kind of concerns, right? And if you've saved a million dollars for retirement, you might be thinking, uh, well, someone who has 10 million, they, they wouldn't be worried about those things. But guess what? We all worry about money, right, <laughs> you know, right. uh, or someone, someone has saved $10, they're worried about it. So we're all in the same boat there. But I don't know anyone who wouldn't think $100,000 over the course of their retirement isn't a significant amount of money. So this is definitely a big deal. And it comes back to, Jen, one of my favorite things to talk about with Social Security, which is you want to get the most out of the benefits, but you want to do it in the way that's optimal for you. Mm -hmm. So that's an important distinction to remember. We certainly don't want to make foolish decisions when we're claiming our Social Security, but the ideal thing to do is to be creating a retirement income plan and pick Social Security in a way that makes the most out of your plan. And that's where we always talk about it being individual to you. Mm -hmm. Right. So it is a big deal to make sure that you're getting this right. And when you're talking about some of those individual factors, what goes into helping you make this decision, Pat, what are some of the factors you should consider before you start taking those benefits? Yeah, this is a great question, Jen, because I think there are a lot of them. Um, so let's just kind of hit on some one at a time. I, I think certainly one of the factors that should be really important is at how long are you planning to work? At what age are you planning mm -hmm. to retire? Because it's easy for someone writing a web article to say everyone should take Social Security at 70, but what if you are retiring at 62? Right, we've got eight mm -hmm. years of income. You got to right. you got to cover that, right? right? And that doesn't mean that's the wrong choice for you. I'm just saying there's a lot. It's a lot more complicated. So if you're retiring at 67 or 68, that is a factor uh, that's really important. Another really important factor with Social Security is if you're single or if you're married. If you are single, um, then you certainly want to make the most out of your Social Security benefits. But if you're you're married. Um, then you have the good news is you have a lot more options to choose from. And the bad news is, of course, you have a lot more options to choose from <laughs> right? Right. Uh, when we talk about getting this thing right. So um, so that's something we need to be thinking about. If you are married, uh, did both spouses work outside the home for their entire career? Because if you have, let's say you have uh, one spouse that worked outside the home and the other uh, stayed home and, and raised kids, for example, uh, you might have one that has uh, social security benefits of 3000 a month and the other one is hundreds a month. Um, so now you have to coordinate spousal benefits um, and you need to be thinking about protecting that spouse with the smaller benefit in case the spouse with the larger benefit 
passes away early in retirement. These are the types of things we need to be thinking about. Right. Not only you know making sure that you have the most income if you're both living, uh, but of course if someone passes away, we got to take care of that surviving spouse. Mm -hmm. So um, that's another important one to be thinking about. I would want to know uh, for somebody. I want to know what their thoughts are on Social Security. I want to know uh, how worried are you about the fact that the trust fund. Um, is uh, depleting rapidly uh, what's going to happen in the future. Uh, I want to know what your longevity is in your family. You know, how long do you think you're going to live? I was just working with a client the other day, and they said um, their father lived to 100 and their grandfather lived to 99. Whoa. Uh, when wow. you think of how long ago that was, mm -hmm. uh, and you think about the, the longevity improvements we've made in our country, I mean, you know, this yeah. is somebody who obviously could live well past 100, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of uh, crazy to think about. And of course, not all of us have that longevity on our side. So I think there are just so many factors. And, and of course, Jen, a lot of people will think about a lot of those things, but certainly some kind of rush through and make, make a decision as well. And I, I do have one more. I'm sorry, I forgot. Uh, yeah. The other thing is thinking about how much of your total retirement income is Social Security going to be covering because how Social Security is claimed and ties into if you're if you're counting on your nest egg for a portion of your uh, retirement income, that's a big factor too. If if you are, let's say you want five thousand dollars a month of income in retirement, and you're married and you and your spouse can generate four thousand a month of Social Security, that is a very different scenario than someone who needs eight thousand dollars a month mm -hmm. of income and they only have two thousand of Social Security. So, um, hopefully, you can see just going through that list that uh, these are very complicated things to be thinking about, and and we th we just think there's tremendous value to giving some time and some thought to those things and probably some analysis. And that's the reason uh, that we offer to our listeners the five-step retirement review at no cost and no obligation. And one part of that is your retirement income analysis. Let's take a look at your retirement income needs in retirement. And let's also make sure we are doing the absolute best with Social Security for you as part of that plan. To get started, all you have to do is just call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. If you've saved at least $250,000 for retirement, this five-step retirement review is absolutely no cost and no obligation. Once again, to get started, the number is 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. I'm Jen Rizak alongside, talking today about Social Security and the age where you can receive your full retirement benefits. This is one of the most confusing aspects of Social Security. So let's talk a little bit about full retirement age because it is not the same for everybody. And of course, we've got the government involved here. So it's super confusing. Can you, can you explain how this works? <laughs> they are skilled and talented at that, aren't oh, they? Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. Yes. So uh, originally, the retirement age was 65. Uh, by the way, part of the reason that was chosen is that was very close to the life expectancy at that time. And of course, life expectancy mm -hmm. has skyrocketed since then. So a number of years ago, they did start adjusting the retirement age. So if you were born between 1943 and 1954, full retirement age is 66. And we have now reached the point where all of those people have reached their full retirement age. But you can still delay your benefits up to age 70, and your benefits will still increase. Technically, you could actually continue delaying beyond 70, but there's no increase, so there's no reason to do that. Now, that's one of those reasons we would always say, uh, once you hit age 70, that's kind of the time to claim. Now, if you are born between 1955 through 1959, then you are part of that staggered group where your full retirement age is between 66 and 67. And the best way to check that out is to look at one of your social security statements or, or log in to uh, socialsecurity.gov. And then finally, if you're born 1960 or later, you are eligible for full benefits to 67. And another thing, Jen, that's confusing for so many people is it doesn't matter when your full retirement age is. Whether it's 65, 66, or 67, the earliest you can claim is 62, and the latest you can claim is 70. So okay. those are, I think, important ranges for us to keep in mind. So again, to reiterate that, full retirement age is different for everybody, but your benefits stop growing. They max out at age 70 for everyone across the board. So if that is the, the case, if that is where we get the maximum benefit, does that mean everybody should think about waiting until 70? Because they'll get the greatest benefit amount that way. Well, it sounds like that makes sense, doesn't it? Sounds it, Jen? like it makes sense to me. Yes, yes. but ah. 
you know, one of the things that we do, the planners in our office, we all do a lot of training. We go to a lot of classes. Part of it is because, you know, we believe that someone who's dedicated to their profession should always be learning. But the other thing is things change all the time. And I remember being in a training years ago, and it was really intense retirement income training. And the speaker said, um, we don't believe you should maximize your social security benefits. We believe you should optimize them. And I, my brain just stopped and it said, well, isn't that the same thing? <laughs> right, and, right. <laughs> and so that's why I like talking about it because it's actually not what you said is exactly right. Jen, if you delay your social security benefits to age 70, you are maximizing how mm -hmm. much you are going to get on a monthly basis. And generally speaking, based on average life expectancy, we would expect you to actually get more out of social security because of that. However, that does not mean it's the optimal way for you to claim. And the reason for that is all the things we just talked about a few minutes ago, right? We all have different circumstances. We're all going to live a different length in our lives. We all have different needs for our income. If someone has a desire for a high income early in retirement and they're retiring at 62, it might be very difficult for them to delay their social security benefits to age 70. And if they're a married couple, both of them delaying it to age 70 might just, it just might be mathematically impossible. Hmm. And so that's why uh, we spend a lot of time doing retirement income analysis in our office. Cause what we want to find out is uh, we don't want to just press a button and say, okay, delay it to 70. We want to do is we want to see, well, what's the best way? Cause you work your whole life to build these resources you have. Mm -hmm. uh, you have social security benefits, you have a nest egg, you may have pension benefits, you may have other income from some other source. Let's put all of that out on the table and figure out how do we create the best, most optimal retirement income plan for you. And of course, part of that is how to take your social security. And talk about how that does fit into your overall income strategy for retirement. Because even though it's important and we want to optimize this, it's probably not the only thing we're going to be relying on. Talk about how it all fits together. Yeah, we always say, you know, most of us, Jen, when when you become a grown up and you start having your own bills and you know having insurance and all, all these that fun you know, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> being being a grown up and a parent and all those kinds of things, um, you, it just accumulates. And for most of us, none of that is put together in any kind of optimized plan. Most for most of us, it's like, oh, I need this now. I got to go get it. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, you are five, ten years from retirement, and you realize I just have all this financial stuff in my life. And so what we talk about is actually having a comprehensive retirement plan. And the reason for that is there's five really important areas in a retirement plan. Two of them are your state plan and your health care and insurance plan. And those are important, but the three that I think are just so it's so critical that they're cohesive and together is your income plan, your tax plan, and your investment plan. Because for most people, they're not planning on just living on Social Security. So they're building up some kind of nest egg, and they need to generate income off of that nest egg. So your investments tie into your income. And of course, whatever income you have, Uncle Sam is going to want a, a piece of that. Mm -hmm. So the tax plan has to tie in there too. So do you have a cohesive plan for your investments, your retirement income, and your taxes? Because not only is that going to make a dramatic difference in the success of your retirement, but it also feeds back to our topic for today, which is what's the best way to claim your Social Security. So how to have the peace of mind, the confidence that you are making the right decisions there. Take advantage of our five-step retirement review by calling 803-9-RETIRE. If you've saved at least $250,000 for retirement, this five-step retirement review can be done at absolutely no cost and no obligation. All you have to do to get started is call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. We have more coming up on Save Your Retirement, but now it's time for today's Medicare Minute with author and Medicare expert, Tim Hanbury. I wanted to discuss what's called a Medicare Advantage Medical Savings Account, or MSA. You may be familiar with plans called Health Savings Accounts, or HSAs, at work. MSAs are similar, but have some interesting differences. With an MSA, instead of contributing to the MSA, the insurance company puts money into your account. For example, one plan has a $5,000 deductible, but the insurance company puts $2,000 into the account at the beginning of each year. These plans will have aspects which are like supplemental plans. You can go to any provider that accepts Medicare in the United States. You don't have any network of providers. And you need to purchase a separate prescription plan as they don't cover prescriptions. But like Advantage plans, they have a zero-cost premium, and the insurance company handles all the claim payments, not Medicare. So if you're familiar with HSA plans, these plans will function in the same fashion. The difference is the insurance company is contributing monies into your account instead of you. 
Visit Tim's website, MedicareBlueprint.com, to download a free copy of his book. Or if you would like to talk with Tim, call 803-9-RETIRE to schedule a consultation. You can schedule a free 15-minute phone consultation with the team at Preservation Specialists right now. Call 803-973-8473. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Thanks for joining us today. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizek. Happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists, and he is the author of the book, Save Your Retirement. And as we get back into it, if you hear something you'd like to get some answers on, 803-9-RETIRE is the number to call. If it's easier to punch in the numbers, that would be 803-973-8473. But again, easy way to remember that is 803-9-RETIRE. Now, Pat, there are a lot of things that seem unrelated, but there's actually a common thread if we look hard enough for it. And so I have a little bit of a game. It kind of reminds me of some of the games that I used to play with my siblings when we were on road trips as kids. Did you guys have to come up with all sorts of ways to entertain yourselves in the car? <laughs> right? We did, yeah. I, I think my parents used more of the just separate them as oh, opposed yeah. to like actually having us, you know, talk to each other more than necessary. Uh, we had a very elaborate slug bug game, you know, you, you hit each other, but we had different types of hits for different makes and models oh, of yeah. different vehicles. Oh, yeah. And I didn't even think about it being weird until. Uh, Jeff and I were dating, and I can't remember what I what vehicle I saw. I don't remember what the rule was, but I just did this like karate chop to him right in his <laughs> chest as he was driving, and he said, "What was that?" And I'm like, uh, "Oh, that's right. You don't play this game. Um, took it too far. So I'll try to not take it too far because we do have a little bit of a game. Like I said, you do what you got to do to keep yourself entertained when you were in the car as a kid. So we'll we'll do that now for those of you out driving around. Um, So I have a short list of things that have a common thread, and I want you to guess what it is. Sound all right? All right. Let's give it a shot. Okay. We'll do it. Here is the list. Tulips, technology, and COVID-19. What do these things have in common? Tulips, technology, and COVID-19. Well, as someone in the investment world, I would say tulips is a kind of a, that's a red flag. Okay, because I because <laughs> I know there's a history there, so yeah. I'm gonna say that these three things all had to do with some kind of market crash. You're right. You are absolutely right. Yes. And what did we, I win? <laughs> uh, respect. <laughs> a tremendous amount of respect. And, That's what I wanted. Yes, exactly. And they're very current. COVID nineteen, very recent, right? But the tulip thing, tulip bulb mania, that was in like the 1600s. So. These things go way back. So let's talk about it for just a second. Tulip bulb mania, that was in the 1600s. That's when contracts for tulip bulbs got really high. So there was this bubble and then it collapsed. So that caused some devastation. And then, Pat, you know the story of the technology bubble bursting, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I uh, I started in the financial world in January of 97, and uh, I was 22. You know, of course, everyone was saying the market has changed, and it's always going to be different, and it's never going to go down again. And I was 22 thinking, wow, that sounds pretty good, you know? <laughs> and, uh, so we, we there was a few good years before everything came crashing down in 2000. Yeah, yeah. So certainly we all remember that, which it's hard to believe that was decades ago at this point yeah see it's 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 a thing that's always 10 years ago in my mind but it's not (laughs) it's not and then of course COVID-19 we're all very familiar with what happened with the pandemic leading to the fastest stock market plunge in the U.S. from record highs into a correction in a bear market markets all around the world fell at the same time so there you have it All of these things, tulips, technology, COVID-19, playing into market crashes throughout history. So the question is, Pat, we cannot predict things like the demand for flower bulbs or the (laughs) outbreak of a virus. These are tiny things that had massive consequences. I mean, technology isn't even tangible. These things but had such huge impacts on our markets. So how do we plan when stuff like this can happen? 
Well, you actually use the term, Jen, which is on my mind, which is the bubble. The reality is things turn into bubbles in our world all the time. So you mentioned the tulip bulbs. Uh, we talked about the tech bubble of 2000, you know, when they joked, if you had a website, then everyone threw millions of dollars at your company, <laughs> you know, it didn't matter what it was. And then we had, you know, this crash coming down because of COVID-19. I can think of so many different bubbles I've seen just in my career. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that the cyber currency. What's the-, the Bitcoin, Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. Yes. yes. So Bitcoin, you know, went skyrocketing and then came crashing down right after yeah. that. There have been junk bond bubbles. You know, a lot of people would say in 2008, that was a housing bubble. I mean, there are so many things because prices just get out of the centers. And so those things are going to happen. And we know that. So the first thing that we have to do is we have to make sure we don't have all your eggs in one basket. We have to divvy up. Uh, we love an idea called endowment style investing. Um, and really the primary idea of that is from David Swenson, who who has run the Yale Endowment for decades. And it's all about divvy it up, divvy up, divvy up. And that doesn't mean, you know, don't have just one stock, have two. It means have different kinds of stocks. It has uh, different kinds of bonds, um, real estate, lending accounts, annuities, CDs. I mean, whatever it is. I mean, there's, there's more different types of savings and investments than you can possibly imagine. So the important thing is to have access to all of those things and then to divvy it in a way that's appropriate for you. And then the other thing that I would add on to that uh, that is a little bit different is certainly an outbreak of a virus um, has nothing to do with a bubble, but it created the fastest drop in the market in U.S. history, which was just shocking. And it's just that need to have a plan to understand that you cannot be counting on a stock market portfolio to solve your retirement. You need to have a more diverse plan than that. And we want to make sure that you have protections for those types of things. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is with Preservation Specialists. I am Jen Rizak alongside 803-9-RETIRE is the way you can reach Pat if you do have questions about how to sort some of these things out, especially as it relates to what's going on with the risk in your portfolio. How do you protect yourself from the downside risk when we do have something like a bubble that could cause havoc in the markets? 803-9-RETIRE is that number again. That's 803 803- nine retire and pat when we look back at the technology the dot-com crash and the technology bubble bursting so that was in about 2000 2001 do you know in 1999 who the most successful money manager was in the u.s (laughs) i'm guessing it was a tech fund but i don't know what that was okay a chimp named Raven was throwing darts at a list of internet companies. And and that chimp had a 213% gain in her index and outperformed 6,000 brokers on Wall Street. So let's Not just bad. think about that. Let's just think, so that's the kind of thing, though, that's happening right before you see this bubble burst, that you have a chimp throwing darts at internet companies and being wildly <laughs> successful. Uh, should things like that, I guess, should be raising some red flags for us when we start to see that type of success going on with some of these areas, some of these industries? There's no doubt, Jen. And and that's one of those things. Uh, again, the boring answer is to divvy things up. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. But the other thing is, there's a fancy term in our industry called, you know, we call that asset allocation. There's a fancy term called dynamic asset allocation. And what that means is, uh, we believe that while we cannot predict the future or the markets, we can uh, consider how things are valued. Um, And there are things that are out of whack all the time. So what we really want to do is we want to try and put odds more in your favor. So if we think, for example, we know that if things are trending towards online shopping, well, um, distribution warehouses is a type of real estate that probably is going to be in high demand going forward. So that's an example, whereas there's probably types of real estate um, you know, shopping malls, that's probably going to be heavily in low demand. So, and maybe those pricings haven't caught up yet. So there's examples of things where we can be considering where we stand right now, not to say we're predicting the future, but we're just being smart about how we're balancing out the various investments. So Pat, let's talk a little bit about some of the other risks as well that could have an impact on our retirement, because obviously market risk is a big one, making sure that we are not losing too much of our retirement savings and that it will in turn have an impact on our retirement. That is a big deal, but there are other risks to be watching out for as well, right? 
Well, there are. In my book, Save Your Retirement, there's seven retirement villains. So each of them <laughs> represents a risk, right? So you have longevity, which you know we, we need to make sure you don't outlive your money. We have inflation uh, because things are going to get more and more expensive over time. We have to prepare for that. We have taxes. There are different ways that we can be taxed significantly in retirement, especially with 401ks and IRAs, and we wouldn't be thoughtful about that. There are healthcare cost risks that we have to be concerned with. And then just the diversification and fees of investing. We want to make sure that we are not exposing ourselves to any of those more than necessary. And it's really important to just be aware of those. The idea of my book wasn't to scare anyone. It was to say, hey, you need to be aware of these things. Now let's talk about how we solve them. And that's really where we want to spend most of our time, Jen. We want to be thoughtful about where you stand, what are the risks you're most exposed to, and then how do we protect you from those? And that should give you tremendous peace of mind once you have your plan in place. Right. And and we just want to be mindful, I think, sometimes when we can get distracted by one of the big risks, like the stock market risk, the big flashy things that get a lot of headlines. But we can't lose sight of some of those other risks that can creep up on us, the ones like inflation and the ones like longevity, because we don't necessarily see those, but they're really very real nonetheless, right? Absolutely. I mean, we talk about when we build a custom-built retirement plan, there are five areas there. One of them is your investment plan. But as you mentioned, Jen, for some of us, that's 99% of what we think about with our finances is what's going on with the market and the investments, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone is flashing the Dow Jones and the S&P 500 and their ticker in your face all the time. It's on our phones. (laughs) It's everywhere. You know, you can't get away from it. But that's only one of the five. Even more important to that is an income plan. We have to know what you're going to live on. It doesn't matter what your investments do if you can't figure out how to create income out of that. So that's part of it. We have to have a tax plan. We have to be thinking about making sure you're not paying unnecessary taxes in retirement. We want to have a healthcare and insurance plan and make sure you're not wasting money on insurance, make sure you're protected from healthcare costs. And then one that we often don't get to on the show is the estate plan. We need to make sure that everything is prepared in case something happens to you. And if you're a married couple, we've got to make sure the surviving spouse is protected. And so the last piece, Jen, is not only do we want five of those things, but we want those functioning together. We want them intertwined. We want them, the investment plan has to support the income plan and that has to be tied to the tax plan. So ultimately you're getting back as much as you possibly can. And and we just believe having all five of those together is just has tremendous power. So let's talk a little bit about how we put all of those things together, how we can get started on this. So our income is going to last despite all of the potential risks that are out there. Well, we know it can be overwhelming. We know it's a daunting task. And that's the reason we offer our five-step retirement review at absolutely no cost and no obligation. All you have to do to get started is call us at 803-9-RETIRE. That's an opportunity to talk with one of our retirement planners, You know, look at what, what you have today, what you're trying to accomplish, help you see if you're on track right now. There is absolutely no cost and no obligation to take that step if you've saved at least $250,000 for retirement. And that is the first step towards creating a custom-built retirement plan which the goal of that plan is to give you peace of mind to know you're on track to accomplish the retirement of your dreams, accomplish all five of those areas, having a plan that supports itself. Once again, all you have to do to get started is call 803-9-RETIRE. You've been listening to Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Make sure you remember that number he's shared throughout the show today, 803-9-RETIRE or 803 803- 973-8473. Thanks so much for joining us today. Be sure to tune in again next time for more insights from Pat. I'm Jen Rizak. We hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. Preservation Specialists is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of tools. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income are never referring to securities or investment products. Preservation Specialist is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. Preservation Specialist is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Securities offered through Kalos Capital, Inc. Investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management, Inc., both at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia, 30005. Preservation Specialist is not an affiliate or a subsidiary of Kalos Capital, Inc. or Kalos Management, Inc.